Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is why John writes his gospel. This is why John bothers to tell us any of the sayings of Jesus, or why he details the healings that he performed. The fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead is why any of it matters. The fact that they had enclosed their lifeless friend's body in the tomb on Friday, and on Sunday morning the stone was rolled away and the body was gone, and the guards were running into the city to tell the chief priests about the angel and his declaration that Jesus was alive, is why John writes it all down. To tell the incredible story, the story of God's Son sent to redeem all of Israel, and not Israel only, but all of humanity. Jesus told his disciples to tell the story. He told them that after he had been killed, after he had risen from the dead, and after he had thoroughly convinced them, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he was, indeed, physically, alive again. It took some convincing. He ate in front of them, with them. He talked to them, walked with them, explained the scriptures, the prophecies, and their fulfillment. He met them more than just one time, and not just individually, but in groups, even to more than 500 once. Luke writes that Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and gave them many proofs that he was really alive. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia! This is why John writes his gospel, so that you too might believe that Jesus is alive, risen from the dead, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Because to believe on the Lord Jesus is to acknowledge that he is your Savior, that he is the Son of God who came to die for you, a sinner, for you who need a Savior before the judgment throne of God. To believe on the Lord Jesus is to give up any notion of justifying yourself before a righteous and holy God, and to believe that Jesus' blood alone justifies you. That's what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. The punishment for sin has been poured out. Jesus was God's Lamb of sacrifice, and on Easter morning, God raised Jesus from the dead. The apostles, they were going to be God's ambassadors to the nations. They were going to spread the good news to the world. But even they didn't believe at first. Some women came to the disciples that Sunday morning with the report that Jesus was alive. And Peter and John themselves went and found the tomb empty. But the disciples still did not believe. That same day, Luke tells us, Peter then came to the group of disciples and said that Jesus had appeared to him. And then two others who had left for Emmaus came running back, saying they had seen Jesus alive too. 
And while they were gathered together, all except poor Thomas, Jesus himself appeared to all of them at once. And they were so happy to see him. Peace be with you, he said to them. What joy and relief they felt. It was true then that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. John is the only gospel writer to tell us that Thomas was not there that night. But the other disciples told Thomas the good news. Jesus is alive. We saw him. He really has risen from the dead. But Thomas could not believe on their word alone. He was adamant. Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And yet we find, a few minutes later, Thomas confessing, My Lord and my God. Not to a dead man's memory, but in true faith and belief that Jesus is indeed alive again. What happened? Did the Holy Spirit convince him that Jesus had risen? He could have, but this is not what Jesus has in mind. If among the grave clothes in the tomb, John had found Jesus' day planner, he might have read this checklist of Jesus. And notice, of course, that there are seven things on his list. Number one, leave glory behind and take on human flesh. Check. Number two, live a sinless life. Check. Number three, bear the punishment for sinful man by suffering and dying on the cross. Check. Number four, Rise from the dead. Check. And now the last three items that Jesus had yet to do. Number five. Convince my disciples beyond any shadow of a doubt that I am bodily risen and alive again. Number six. Give the command to go and tell the good news to the world. And seven. Ascend to the Father and send the Comforter. But I guess Jesus' day planner was not found among the grave clothes. Luke writes, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during forty days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. The apostles had to be absolutely convinced that Jesus was alive. All of them had to be convinced. We thank God that Thomas was not with the disciples that first Easter evening. I think that's by God's design. We thank God for his mercy and grace to Thomas, that as Jesus appears to them the next Sunday evening, 
he immediately turns to Thomas and shows that he understands Thomas's need for convincing, knows even what Thomas had said on that Easter evening. Peace, Jesus says. And then he looks at Thomas. Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas does. They all do. They cannot deny it. Jesus is the Christ, and Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. For these men, these apostles, it will mean a life of hardship. They will be thrown into prison. They will be beaten. They will be stoned. They will be thrust through with spears. They will be crucified. They will be beheaded. Our reading in Acts chapter 5 begins in the middle of a story. The apostles are teaching about Jesus and witnessing to his resurrection. And they're doing miracles and thousands of people are coming to faith and believing that Jesus is risen from the dead and that he is the Christ. And this really irks the high priest and the party of the Sadducees. And they have the apostles arrested and put into the public prison for the night. But an angel comes to them in the night and opens the doors and brings them out and tells them to go back to the temple and continue their witness about Jesus. And so the next morning, that's what they do. And the high priest calls the council and senate of Israel together, and then he sends for those apostles to be brought from the prison. But they're not there. The doors are locked and the guard is there, but the apostles are missing. And someone pipes up and says, I saw them in the temple today, teaching the people. So they go and bring the apostles into the council and say, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And then comes our reading. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And this encounter ends with the apostles being beaten up for their witness that Jesus is alive. And they leave rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. And they don't stop telling people that Jesus is the Christ. And why is that? It's because Jesus came to them and said, Peace be with you. It's because Jesus really is alive. He really is the Christ, the Lamb of God. And He really has taken all our sins away. It's because eternal life has come to them. And beatings and imprisonment and even death cannot change that. Can't stand in its way. 
And this is Jesus' word to you, this second Sunday of Easter. Jesus says, Peace be with you. Peace, because your sins are forgiven. Peace, because I am alive. Peace, because I am with you. Peace, because I love you. That word of peace comes to us today with the same power, with the same assurance, with the same promise of eternal life with the Father as it did to those huddled disciples those first two Sundays of Easter so long ago. John writes his words to you today, locked away in your home. And John says to you today that these words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus speaks his peace to you in the waters of your baptism. There you were joined to his death and resurrection, and you died to sin and rose to new life. That peace is spoken to you every time you return to that same baptism in repentance, and Christ says to you through your pastor, I forgive you all your sins. That peace is spoken to you at the table of the Lord, where in, with, and under the bread and wine he gives to you his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins and to strengthen your faith. And we rise from the table at peace and ready to go into the world. Jesus said to the apostles, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus is not bound. His word is not bound. His followers do not live behind locked doors. Even in this pandemic, when we would seem to be kept from speaking that word of peace to one another, the word of God is going forth. Christ has sent us into the world to be the voice of peace. And our message today is the same as the Apostles' message 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is the Christ, the Son of God. He has taken away our sins. To all who are locked behind doors of fear, sin, sickness, and even death, Jesus says, Peace be with you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.